I'm getting ready to tell you sort of what just happened because the worship team, amazing job today, just led us into the presence of God. But I want you to understand why you want to get here. Why do you want to be in God's presence? Why do you want to learn how to live in his presence every day? Now, so let, let me give you some rules. So, so first of all, David in, the, in Psalm 100 gave us a pattern for how we can get into God's presence. It's just a pattern. You don't have to follow it. But I'm going to teach what that pattern is. Okay. Number two, this is my pattern. This is mine. This is how I live. This is how I worship every day. Uh, my wife's pattern is a little different. She can go from zero to a hundred very quickly. I have to go through a process. And I use this as my process for over 20 years. Now, number three now, the goal is not the goal is not for me to finish the sermon, which is different. That's not my goal. My goal is to make sure we understand this process so that we live in the presence of God, right? I know that I'm a bit dated in how I do it, the songs I use. So these may not be your songs. This may not be how you do it, but you need your own. You need your way to get into God's presence so that when you're in an impossible situation or you need an answer to a prayer or you're, you have a high expectation, getting into his presence, which I'm going to show you at the end, getting into his presence is key for everything. A man said to me, because um, we, we did this a few years ago, we had a time where we were just going to spend some time in worship and we, we, told, the, we told the church that there may not be any sermons. Because we don't know. Because once you get into worship, we, we, we don't know what's getting ready to happen. So we had people who were healed from stage four cancer. We had marriages restored. And several people decided to stay home during that time. There was no internet. There was no, none of that. We could put it up on YouTube after the service. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I asked a, a brother because I loved him and I said why aren't you here at church this month he said I just don't like the singing I don't I don't like the songs y'all sing I love it when you preach but the songs they're not my type of songs and I said so what type of songs do you use at home well I don't so it really wasn't the songs he didn't understand why we were doing what we were doing because we didn't announce stage four cancer healings. We didn't get up like TBN and say, what happened over here, Pastor Benny? We didn't do none of that. Because there's no one's business that you had stage four cancer. There's no one's business that your marriage was falling apart. There's, it's nobody's business that you were going in for an interview and you were scared already. That the, that the interview, the job was above your pay grade, above your education. We didn't need to tell everybody that because you were struggling with it yourself. Yes. So we just said, get in his presence. Get in his presence. Yes. 
So I said, the reason you are not getting answers to your prayers is because you have not learned the power of worship. Worship will find your daughter that's on the streets in Atlanta. Worship knows that there's another hundred acres out there that's saved just for you to buy. Worship knows which business to start. Worship knows who your husband or wife is. So, the goal here is not, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. I, uh, I was having this war, and I'm going to take my time and I'm going to stop. Just, just give me 30, 40 minutes. Or 30, 40 days. We'll figure it out. Where I live, my... Um, my, my, if, I'm, if I'm not playing music on my phone or whatever device or whatever I got in my car when I'm driving, sometimes I'll just turn on the radio. And at my house, for the first five minutes that I'm on my way here, at least, there's a war on my radio station between country music and gospel. The country music station signal is so powerful that it crowds out the actual frequency of my gospel station. So for five, ten minutes, I go between gospel, <laughs> between gospel and all my exes live in Texas. And so I was really mad at God. I'm like, you know, Omaha only has a few gospel stations. This one's FM. This is wearing me out. So when the gospel music would come on and my song would come on, sometimes I have to pull over. Thank you, Jesus. And then the country would come on. I said, I'll be John Brown. I don't want to hear nothing about no dog dying, the truck broke. And and then there was a song that came on the country station. Man, the presence of God came in my car. And God said, I use music, Martin, because it pushes past your ignorance of who I am. He said, I'm in all this music. Whether it mentions me or not. And worship is a condition of your heart to me not necessarily the music that's playing so that's my introduction now I can't sing and they always correct me yes you can pastor they think I'm saying it because I want a compliment I know I can't sing forget them now these people, they don't sing, they sang, right? That's not my gift. But singing has nothing to do with worship. God doesn't care what key you're singing in. 
But he uses music, he uses music because it translates to everyone. It jumps over the hurdles in your life of culturalism, nationalism, wherever you're from, whatever culture of music. Sometimes I'm at the stoplight and I'm looking at a person that should not be listening to rap music. They don't look like it. <laughs> but they don't even notice me in the car. I'm like, where's this white chick going in this BMW? I mean, where's she headed? Well, she happens to be listening to a song that's rap that's pumping her up for somewhere she's going. And she is in this song. She don't care nothing about nobody. And then there are brothers at some stoplights pumping symphony music and playing the violin. I'm like, this is... Because music opens up something in you that gets right into your spirit. So we have to learn how to worship. So turn to this scripture. Give me a few moments. T turn, to, turn to Psalm 100. I want to read it through the whole thing. And I want to lead you through this process of what just happened. What just happened. What you just experienced. And what it should be like once you're in that place. Once you're in that place, here's what it says. Make a joyful shout or noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with, serve him with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord. I won't get stuck there. Come before him, come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. Process, you're getting it already. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. David's leading you from the outside in, right? Enter. Now, when you're coming in his gates, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. They're different. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? Ooh. For the Lord is good and... See, the lawyer's in the room know that only the judge sitting sitting in that big chair where he or she rules from can give mercy people who are out of position can't help you it's only those who have the ability to give mercy can show mercy so at the end of the day, it don't matter whose presence you're in if you just left the king. If he's telling you you can do something, you don't ever consult with a human. If he's telling you he's got something for you and I'm at the end, you, you never ask people what you think. Who cares what they think? So number one point, God loves applause. Write it down. He loves it. He loves it when you stand on your feet 
and be noisy. Crazy noisy. Telling him how great he is. Now you're on the outside trying to get in. And the last thing you need to do on the outside is be quiet. Write this down. You can be emotional and not worship. But you can't worship and now being emotional. It's impossible to say I worshiped and I didn't feel anything. I didn't give any energy from myself. I'm watching Mr. Edrick try, try to keep up with Dan. He's trying his best today. He's trying to make sure, and we're getting rid of these cords and everything, but he's trying to keep up with Dan because Dan's all over the place getting the shots, especially for you online. Edra gets lost though, because he's over there. <laughs> Dan is moving. Edra said, Oh! <laughs> People over here on the side of the room is happening. Hey, Edra, he's moving now. <laughs> Something happens inside you when you worship. So when you want to get into God's presence, be loud. Be expressive. Do all that you can do. The Bible, the Bible says we should shout to the Lord, all the earth let us sing. Power and majesty. Praise to our King. We didn't rehearse this. Bow down and the sea. Go through it at the sound of your name. just coming with me nothing compares to the and, and y'all can do what you want you can stand sit lay on the floor go in the back it don't matter in this service but when you come before God it's a shout to the Lord it's an applause hey. it's an applause it's a shout when you get alone you ought to just Throw your head back by yourself and just say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> when that accounts payable starts to fill up, go somewhere and shout, Hallelujah. When your clients grow, shout, Hallelujah. As your, as, your, as your experience and your exposure and your level of leadership rises, just find some place and lift your hands and just say hallelujah. Be loud about it. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. I don't want to get stuck. I better stick this here. Okay. Number two. Number two. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. In other words, number two is this. Be glad to worship him. Don't make worship toil. 
Don't make it toil. Don't make it work. Don't make it, oh, it's time to worship. No. Be glad. Now, there's an amazing scripture in Colossians that says, do all you do. Do everything you do in the name of the Lord. Do it heartily, not for people. Do it like you're doing it for God. So right here, I'm worshiping. But when I mow the grass for someone else, I'm worshiping. When I'm doing my accounting for my business, I'm worshiping. Do everything you do like worship, like you're serving him. Serve, serve him with gladness. Whatever your goals are, whatever your plans are, whatever your business is, whatever you're doing, do it like worship. Do it in honor to him, not in honor to anyone else. He says, David is like, David is saying, come in and applaud him. But whatever you do, bring it in his presence too. Be glad to serve him. The last thing you want to do is walk into God's presence hating your life. Did you write that down? The last thing you want to do is start your process in getting God in getting into God's presence is come in hating your life. Don't come in here singing. Nobody knows. Keep that trash out there. He's not interested in hearing that. He's the king. He knows everything about you. Ain't nothing lost. He knows every minute detail. There's not a bird that falls to the ground that he does not know about. So why would you come telling him that? Am I, am I right about this? So what did I just say? Be glad. Come in like, what a mighty God I serve. What? God, you, you, you walking in here and I know you're going through something and you walk in, what a mighty God. What a mighty God. You coming into my presence telling me I'm mighty. Try it one time. Come on, y'all. What a mighty God we serve. I serve a mighty God no matter what I do. What a mighty God we serve. No matter where I go, you're mighty to me. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Right here, it might get real good to you. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God I'm doing is I'm saying to him before I get there before I get in your presence it don't matter what's happening how long it's been happening I want to let you know whether you did it for me or not yet it doesn't mean you're not mighty you're mighty period Now the worship leaders in here know this. 
The Bible says that you have to watch your mouth, Callie. I can't talk to everybody like this. You have to watch what you say because there are birds around you. The Bible says there are little birds around you. And they listen to your words about the king. Then they fly to him. And they tell him what you're really saying, what you really think, how you really feel about him. So even way out there, the king knows if you really think he's mighty, if you think he's powerful, he knows. So you'll never get in here. You'll be kept on the outside because you, you've been saying the wrong things. So now you have to say, God is mighty. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. And if you do it right, it becomes a shortcut. And in our old church, and maybe y'all don't know what church is. I don't know. Maybe we're all Catholic. I'm not sure. But in my old church, the churches me and my wife grew up in, you would sing those songs like that, and then all of a sudden you'd just be like... Do you clap your hands? <laughs> Let me you clap your hands. It can get real strange in here. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. I gotta go. What point? Okay, y'all yeah. sit down. Do you love it? That's okay. Sit down. Ooh, do you love it? Why is she still singing? Do you love it? Oh, that's you. Oh, I Okay. We're losing this. We're losing this. We're losing this. But, but, but here's my point. Once you get up in there, it's hard to get out. You don't need nobody else to be in there with you. You're, you're in the only place where you can get answers to your prayers. You're in the place where the impossible happens. You're in the place where there are no enemies. Sit down. So number three. Uh, Ambassador's Worship Center, for those of you who don't know, let me make a public announcement. We, we are an interesting church. To some, we are weird. But, but here's the bottom line. Here, it's really about you. It's about him. But it's about you becoming the best you can be. It's about your leadership. It's about your calling. It's not about heaven at all. It's not about going somewhere. 
It's about being here and staying here and being powerful here, being anointed here, being happy here, being rich here. And I know that flies in the face of a lot of people's thinking. But I don't read anything else in the Bible. I don't know what else to tell you. And I know you're not going to get there until you get into worship. So that's why I'm doing this. So don't interrupt me no more. <laughs> Write it down. Sing your way in. Sing your way in. I, I, I was trying to be cool because a lot of my friends in undergrad school, they were cool and they went to clubs. I'm a church boy and I felt uncomfortable in clubs. But they said, you got to go to this one tonight. Just come for happy hour. So I went to happy hour and, you know, the, the lights, the lights, you know, at happy hour. And I'm up in happy hour. It's one hour. It's from 60. So it was cheap food. I went. But at seven o'clock, instantly the lights came down. The music went up. And there were people coming in the, they were coming in the club. Hey, they're walking in from the parking lot. Except the thriller, they walking in from the park, from thriller. Walking in from the parking lot. They ain't even drunk yet. <laughs> They're coming in. I went to all of them. I, I went to I went to the I went to the country ones. I went to all of them. Because I had friends and athletes who wore boots. You know, this is Mississippi. Boots, cowboy hats, and the whole thing. And they do, they start boot scooting boogie in the parking lot. Singing their way in. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I'm, 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 I'm just coming in. That's what I long to do. That is what I long to do. I so, give you praise. You are my People get bored with this. But I'm intentional. Say it. I worship Almighty God. There is none. There is there. Number four, <laughs> worship comes from revelation. Watch what David says. Watch what, because if you don't know him, you can't. So worship comes from your revelation of him. Listen to what David says. David says, no, 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 know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made, has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. So 
My worship has to come from what I know. Dr. Monroe said it in this, this way. Dr. Monroe said, it is attitude and awareness. In other words, here's the story we get that from. Jesus, Jesus was at the well with a woman. And he says, give me some water. She says, you know, uh, you came to the well. Why don't you have a pail to get your own? He said, could you just give me some water, please? She is bringing up water and he says, so go get your husband. She said, I don't have one. He says, you're right. You've been married five, six, seven times and the man you're living with now is not your husband. She said, wow, you're a prophet. He said, yep, I got this right. She said, now let me change the subject. She started talking about worship. She said, Jacob gave us this and we worship on the mountain. Jesus said, you don't even know what you're doing. We are the ones that know how to worship. You don't even know how to worship. And he said, and the time is coming, which now is, that the Father will be looking for those who can worship him in spirit and in truth. What is it? God wants us to worship with the sense of attitude, spirit, and truth with his awareness. I'm not worshiping because I want to know you. I'm worshiping you because I know you made me. I know you're my God. I know you're king on the throne. I'm coming in here because I am aware. I'm aware of who you are. Say that, I'm aware. Lift, lift your hands just for a second and just say, Lord, I worship you. worshiping you right now because of what you did or what you're going to do. Lord, I'm just worshiping you. I worship you church the little church I grew up in in Monticello Mississippi um, we would have these times of prayer and fasting where uh, people would come in to help us work through this process of learning how to fast and so I don't know, I was five or six years old and my mother would take me every time. I don't remember my other siblings, but she would make sure I was with her for three days fasting and praying in this little church. Y'all don't know nothing about this, but <clears throat> little church, you know, one light bulb in the center with a long string. 
turn that light bulb on and you have church. And one night while I was with her there, can I be honest with you? I became aware of what was happening around me in Mississippi. That moment of, wow, this is really what's happening here. So at about seven, I fasted the whole three days. Now, we don't, <laughs> we don't do no uh, <laughs> uh, salads. I mean, we didn't brush our teeth for three days. We drank no water. But at the end of that seven days, God showed me him and that he had nothing to do with this world that was being created. He said, that's not me. This is not me. Mississippi is not it. I am God. And he's, he taught me how to close my eyes to certain things. Don't even pay attention to it. Because that's not me, God says. So I learned how to worship him for who he is. It does me no good to fight you. If you got an idea about me, why would I try to convince you otherwise? But when you start to worship him because of who he is, he separates you from everything happening around you. What number did I say? Uh-uh. Be grateful. What, what he said is, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Here it is, gates are entrances to a kingdom. It's, it's when you're entering. Whenever you, I, I don't know how much you travel, but when we were in Asia, they had rules. When you get off the plane, this is what you do here now. <laughs> I mean, when you're in London, this is what you do when you're here. When you're in Mexico, when you're in when, when all these, Haiti, wherever you are, you do what they do. You don't walk up in there and talk about, I'm an American, I got rights. You ain't got none here. When you enter the king's gates, David's telling you how to enter. Listen to this. Listen to this. He says now, when you enter his gates, come in thanking him. Don't ask him for nothing out here. Come on, just say thank you. I dare you to just say thank you. I promise you, if you close your eyes and say thank you three times, a sense of gratefulness will just come up in your heart. You could have walked here from under a bridge, but if you say thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, your emotions change. You become grateful for where you are. A lot needs to be done, but you are now in a spot of gratefulness. Y'all hang in there with me. You, you're here with me? Are you here with me? Say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That whole thing. It could have been me. It could have been me. It could have been me. Outdoors. Outdoors. No food. No food. No shoes. No 
place where uh, where everybody's saying this is your life don't expect anything else this is about as much as God's going to give you but if you, if you can just start being thankful for what he's given you thank you Jesus because how many of you in here it could have been you It could have been you, outdoors, no clothes, no food, no shoes. Left all alone, just another number with a tragic end. But God did not let these things be. I can't get stuck there. I only got 15 more minutes. Y'all sit. This is how you come in. This is how you come in. Tell him how good he is. Now you're coming into his courts. Courts. It's literally what it means. It's a courtroom. There is one accuser there. His name is Satan. There's one advocate there. His name is Jesus. But there is one judge. There is no jury. <laughs> okay. This judge, he, he, he has no constitutional laws but his own. doesn't answer to anyone no one he doesn't have to ask anyone's permission he doesn't have to present himself to any legislative body he is in charge of everything that happens here so now you've worshipped by singing you've told him who he is now it's time to tell him how good he is You're in the throne room now. You've bypassed millions who don't understand what you're doing. Now you're in the room with him. He's sitting on the throne and all of his executioners, his angels, are just around the room. They are there to hear what he says and go and make it happen for you. So when you get in here, it's no holes barred. No, 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 uh-uh. You take the weave off. You put the teeth in a glass, take off your pretty shoes, and you go for broke up in here. Y'all want some Bible? You want some Bible? That girl danced before. That girl danced before King Herod. And King Herod said, what do you want? Esther messed up the king and he said, what do you want? When you get in here, it's crazy. It's like, you know what? You are amazing. I mean, I mean I'm just telling you, there ain't, nobody, there ain't nobody with you. So now, 
when they, when they start singing, this is one of my favorite, you know, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. So I'm coming in his gates now and I will enter his courts though. See, I might come in with thanksgiving, but as soon as I'm in the courts, I'm in here praising. I'm in here talking about how great you have been. Yeah, listen. Okay, let me, let me, let me do this. Let me do this. And I know I'm early. I was serving in the military uh, with athletes. And I was serving with these great athletes uh, from, from all the branches. And I was with some kids one day getting ready to go through this process of qualifying because we were going to go to the Olympics and do some stuff. Two of the kids who were in there in the room, one kid said these words. I bet my daddy can beat your daddy. So I sat down. I'm like, I got to, what's going to happen? The parents weren't there, but I knew both of these service members. I knew them. One kid says, a girl, she says, I bet my dad could beat your dad up. The other kid said, uh-uh, my daddy would beat your dad too. You know, they use some words. So I'm watching this. No, my daddy is the best daddy. He will kick your daddy's uh-uh, my dad, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But I knew both the fathers, so I want to sit back and watch what's going to happen when they come in the room. The fathers came in the room, and the little girl walked up to her dad, and she said, I told him, you, I told him that you could beat up his daddy. And the boy jumped up and said to his dad, they friends. No, I said you could beat up her dad. And the kids stood and waited for a response. <laughs> I'm like, I got nervous. The men looked at one another as if to wink at one another. In other words, to say, we want both our kids to leave believing what they said. Okay, okay, y'all, okay. They were friends. They weren't about going to fight one another. But it was something about a child believing that their father. So both men said to their children, I am so glad you feel that way about me. And I think you're right. They both said it. I'm so glad you feel that way about me. And I would. I And the other father said, I thank you for feeling that way. And if it comes down to it, I will kick his rump. The kids went away. They were so happy. They went away and the guys just gave one another a high five. Shoot, we got out of that one. There's something when you know that there are no real enemies in the room. If you're in the room with God, that God knows how to do any and everything for your life. You hear what I'm saying? So when you come in, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. In my heart, come on, I know you're getting tired. Hang in there. Oh, oh.
So we already did thank you, right? So write down number seven. Thank you is the password. You can't come in here unless you're thankful. Thank you is the password. Don't come, don't come in here. Don't, don't, don't you come in here talking about... Because, okay, write this down. God takes it personally when you complain. You're telling him he's not a good king. You're telling him that the life you're in right now is not worth you serving him. So when you're coming in here, you you don't you don't complain. You just say thank you. The biggest mistake I ever made in my life wasn't really a sin. I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone to hell for it. But it was the biggest mistake I ever made. That when my parents died, my sister came home to take care of us. Four of us. And she, she had to get help from the government to take care of us. That's why I take care of her now. And I went to the grocery store with her. She pulled out this funny stuff she was paying for the groceries with. I'd never seen it before. I, I didn't even know what it was. And I got upset with her and I embarrassed her in public. We don't need that. We don't, you know. Why would you do that? She never said a word to me. I hadn't, I, I didn't know she was trying to take care of us. And God helped me with that. Now, God don't talk to y'all like this. Because he has to be kind to you because you get upset. But God just talked straight to me. That was stupid. Get up. I got up and I went into the kitchen in the middle of the night. He said, get up. So I went in and I looked at the cupboards. There was nothing there except funny packages that looked generic. I didn't know the food she was cooking for us came out of these funny packages. I'd never seen powdered eggs. That cheese, if you don't wrap it back up, you're going to have to stand on that knife. That bologna they give you, with that red stuff around it, to get it off, you have to stick it between your teeth and pull it. Your kids don't know nothing about that. I know. Spam in Hawaii. Spam. <laughs> and he said, go wake your sister up. And just tell her thank you. Thank you for coming home to take care of us. Thank you for going through the embarrassment. Whatever that, whatever that was, food stamp, whatever it was, thank you. My thank you to her opened up a new life for me. So from that day forward, I ate what was on the table. I started cooking for her. I got a job and I started bringing food in, fresh food for her. I just said, I just want to thank you. And I called her the other day, yesterday. 
So I, I just call to say thank you. You've done so much for me, Martin. I said, I haven't done anything yet. I just want to say thank you for saving my life. When you learn how to be grateful in front of the king, I, I don't want to tell you I'm tired of eating government cheese. I'm not coming in here to tell you I don't like powdered eggs. I'm not coming in here to tell you that I know something's going on with this bologna, 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 whatever this is. I'm not coming in here to tell you I'm tired of sardines. I'm tired of potted meat. Y'all don't even know what this stuff is. I'm coming in here to say, God, I'm just glad to be alive. I'm glad my mind works. I'm glad I know you. I'm glad I have another day. I have another opportunity. Some of you have had to file bankruptcy. Some of you have lost relationships. Some of you have been divorced. Some of you have struggled with certain things that you can't stop doing. You're saying to God, God, just cleanse me of this. And you're not clean yet. Don't bring that in here. Don't bring your failings in here. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if you've sinned. He doesn't care if you failed. He doesn't care about any of that. Your last pastor does. He don't care. He's bigger than your sin. He's bigger than your bankruptcy. He's bigger than your failure. And just because you've been divorced, doesn't mean God cancels his assignment on your life. Just come in thinking. Try it just for a minute. Thank you, God. Forget me for about 60 seconds. Come on. Just walk around. Walk in the back. Stand where you're at. I mean, get on your face and say, thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. 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 I want to be grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Almost done. Empower his character. Empower his character. What I mean is brag. Bragging is appropriate. Brag. The Bible says, Pastor Nell, I will make my boast in the Lord. I will make my boast in the Lord. I'm proud of him. I'm boasting about him. I'm boasting about him. And people think you ought to be ashamed of what God did for you. I'm just not gonna do it. After riding a bicycle for a long time, and someone says to me. That's a nice car you're driving. I say, yeah, it is. You driving a nice one? No. Are you a preacher? Yeah, I heard about you. Oh, good. Yeah, what, what we doing? Are you going to keep talking until I come ashamed? Uh-uh. No, it's my car. You know what God did, though? He paid for it in cash. I'm done paying for it. Now the car, 
The cars are 2013. It ain't even new. You jealous of the car? Yeah, it's mine. I put my name on the tag. I want you to know. God gave me the car. It's paid for. I bought it from a holy man with an anointing to get me in the right car. I'm going to enjoy this car. You know what? I'm going to buy another one. I'm not going to have too much in my life, but I'm going to enjoy it. Why? Because God wants me to have it. Say with me. He sets my limits. He sets my limits. Not you. How much is too much in my life to you? How much is that? Because it's different from how much she thinks is enough. And it's different from how much she thinks is enough. And it's different from how much she thinks is enough. And it's different from how much she thinks is enough. So why would I ask any of them? Well, so I asked him, my last question to him was, what kind of car do you think I should be driving? He said, a car like mine. Now y'all know me. I'm out there. I said, show me it. Well, we don't have to go out through all that. I said, no, you stop me in the mall. Let's go see this car. We ain't got to do all that, preacher. I said, we must see the car. We have to see the car. I want to see the car. Take me to see the car. Well, I'll just show you a picture. He showed me a picture. And he probably thought I was going to say something else. But I said, have you thanked God for this car? I said, thank God for your car. Give him glory for the car you have. And let him give you anything he wants to give you. He said, I was expecting something else. And I said, I'm not defensive. Because I know you're not talking to me about what I have. You're talking to me about what God gave me. I'm a father. And I love being a John Brown father. It's the greatest joy in my life other than being married to her. I love being a father. I love providing. I enjoy it. It's my joy to say yes to my family. It's my joy. Why? Because I want to be like him. I can't give them everything. And I'm grateful that I have a family that doesn't complain. And that's why I want to give them more. They never complain. They never bring to me an issue or a problem. They let me know what the need is. And we go to God and he fills it. more and I'm gonna do this now acknowledge his sovereignty David says for the Lord is good his mercies endure forever they're everlasting and his truth endures for all generations here we are here we are here we are this is why we worship a king because David said acknowledge his sovereignty David said this is the reason we're doing it we're doing it because he is good 
He is not a hater. He, he's not a punisher. He's good. Why do you want to worship a king? Because he's good. What's the next, what's the next phrase say? His, he's not just good, but he's the only one that could have mercy on you. He's not merciful. He is mercy. So whatever you walked in as, he has the right to change the entire trajectory of your life with words. David says this, his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. In other words, whatever God says about me goes to 10 generations in my children and great-grandchildren. If God says I'm blessed, they have to be blessed. This is why we come in here. Because we're in the presence of the judge, the king. He's not just Lord and Savior, he's king. And if he says one word, it changes your life forever. And we just want to get in here where the king is talking. I don't worship for an hour to sing. Teach your children to worship. Let them do it, whatever. Don't, don't mess with their music. Don't, don't, don't freak out about their music. Don't freak out about it. Let them choose their music. Let them choose their own way because they have to learn how to build a path into God's presence. Let them do that. Don't be religious. Let them have a relationship with God so that wherever they are, they can do this. You can do this in three seconds, three minutes, three hours. It's totally up to you. You do this before your exams. You do this before your interviews. You do this before your surgeries. You do this before you introduce a business concept. You do this before you propose. Listen, my brother. Listen, listen, listen to me. And my men, you're struggling with this, and I see you. I see you. This world is really upside down. Instagram and Facebook is messing with you. But your wife may not be on Instagram and Facebook. She may not look like the people that you think would make a great wife. Your husband either, girl. You got to get into worship. You got to get into that place where God knows who your relationship should be with. That place where God is. So, so here's why. Write these down quick. Here's why. Here's why we worship the king. We worship him because God is king. He's not, that, he's not, he's not just the Lord and Savior. We worship him because he created it all. Anything I'm asking for, he created it. Okay? Next reason we worship is he owns it all. He didn't just create it. It's his. He can give it to whomever he desires. The next reason you should do it is because he rules it all. 
And mercy can only come from a king. The prince died a few days ago. A 99-year-old prince. Did y'all see what he did when his wife became queen? You didn't see it. Google it. Go to YouTube. The day she was coronated, he kneeled in front of her. <laughs> Prince Philip got on his knees in front of the throne and bowed his head to the queen. Why? Because now she's in the position to either free him or cut his head off. So it might be a good idea if he's kind to her. <laughs> might be. I don't know. I don't know how silly, sorry, dumb or stupid you are. But it might be a good idea. <laughs> Just might be a good idea. Don't be cursing God. If you don't want to serve him, just, just go about your business. But don't, don't get into this talking about him and, and cursing. And if you really got a situation in your life, let me tell you what to do. Be like Elijah. I mean, I'm talking about a situation. Say situation, situation, situation. I got a couple of doctorate degrees, but I love the language of Mississippi. Situation, situation. A situation is different from a situation. A, a situation is where you stuck. You ain't got no answer. If you're in a situation, do like Elijah did. Elijah, God said, just go up there and stand on the mountain. Elijah's like, I'm in a situation. There's no rain. There's famine, there are issues. He went on top of the mountain. And he walked in like this. Let's have a contest. <laughs> God didn't tell him to do that. Uh, let's have a contest. Let's see whose God is the baddest. Y'all got a God, don't you? I got a God too. Let's see which one is the greatest. Now, I'll tell you what we do. Let's sweeten the deal. Who's ever God wins gets to kill the other people. If my God wins, I get to kill you. If your God wins, you get to kill me. How y'all think? What y'all think? He's like tripping. And the prophet of Baal says, yes, let's do this. He said, y'all go first. Go on what you got to do. They cried to God. They made this sacrifice to put a bull on it. And they were like, come on, God, come on, Baal. Elijah is crazy. Elijah says, uh, maybe, uh, maybe your God's on vacation. I mean, he, he went straight George Carlin or uh, Steve. I mean, you know, he went straight comedian. Then he said this last thing. He said, uh, this is how the, this is what it says. Maybe he's constipated, sitting on the toilet, and can't finish. He's insulting their God. Now, if, you, if you're bold, set something up like this. Then he said, are y'all through? They had cut themselves, cut them. They were bleeding all over. He says, y'all finish? 
They say, yeah, we done. He went and got water where there's no water. Poured it on the altar. He reconstructed the altar, put a bull up there, and then he sat down in the seat and said, God, since you're the only God, answer by, he didn't even get to say fire. He said, if it's you, answer by, out of heaven, lightning and fire came. It didn't just consume the bull, it consumed the rocks and the water that he poured on it. That's bold. Once you're in here, you'd be like the Syrophoenician woman. He said, you're a dog. She said, roof. Bow wow. You're not going to upset me because I know who you are. Okay. He said, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this in Israel. She said, even the dogs can live off your crumbs. Jesus said, oh my God, what do I got here? Then what did Jesus say? Because she just worshiped him. She wasn't even saved and she... What did he say after that, Bible scholars? What do you want? He didn't say get saved. He said, what do you want, girl? Ain't nobody ever done this before. She said, I, I just want my daughter to be healed. He said, go your way. She's healed. Thank you. She went away rejoicing. That was a Roman ruler who came to Jesus and said, my servant is at home, sick. And he worshiped him. He said these words, I know who you are because I am also a man under authority. When I speak, things happen over there. And if you speak, things will happen at my house. So while he was there, Jesus said, what do you want? I want my servant to be healed. Jesus said, I'll go with you to the house. He said, no, no, no. I know what's happening here. You don't need to go to my house. All you got to do is speak the word. If he speaks one word over your business, you can go from one employee to 300. If he speaks the word over your family, the womb that's been closed can be opened. If he speaks a word to you, no one can cancel it. Shahada. Shahada basa. If he says something to you in here, it's going to happen out there. That's why we worship. So now we have to put ourselves in this posture of what do you want? Now that you're here, what is it that you want? What do you really want? I mean, for real, what do you really desire? No, don't do that. Stop telling him why you can't have it. He doesn't care. You're, you're, you're in the presence of the king. He's the king. What is it? What's really in your heart? What would make you happy? Well, I, I, just, I just want to say, no. What would make you overwhelmingly happy?
God doesn't care about my happiness. It's all he cares about. Because the next time he sees you, he wants you skipping in with confidence. That, sir, in your head is not too much for him. We've seen him wrong. Our country's not going to hell in a handbasket. Our country's going to heaven. It's going back to God. And he's leading us there. You don't have to fear anything that's happening around you. There is a king that sits on the throne. And this is why you're under the pressure you're under. He needs examples of his goodness. He wants to be good to you so you can tell people about it. Not be ashamed of it. What was that rap song years ago? And I don't do a lot of rap song. But man, the rap song was, it was driving the big car with the big steering wheel. How long ago was that? I don't know. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. Put a tag on the car. Gift from God. Let God restore anything he wants to restore to you. Have I made sense? God, I hope so. I hope so. Now, after you're done in his presence, how do you leave? You don't. You don't ever leave here. <laughs> this is where you're going to live. From now on, in the presence of God. What happened? So the rest of your life, Y'all said, this has been a long service. We've been singing for two hours. No, we ain't singing. Huh? We haven't been singing. We've been moving from where we were into the presence of the king. Once David wrote this song, he hired 10,000 people. Horn players. Can you, can you play that? I wonder if you know what to do with that. Now, this is in every church, so don't, don't get weird. You know how to play that? Oh, you're taking off your watch and everything? What does that thing do? Now, this is what Miriam had in her hand when they walked into the city that God had given them. She had a tambourine in her hand because from this day forward, you're never leaving God's presence. You're going to stay right here, praising him, worshiping him, gaining territory, doing good in your business, doing good in your family, getting your degrees, going up levels, increasing your influence. You're going to do it all from here. Am I making sense? Now, take us out of here. What are we going to sing? This is the day. This is the day.